When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Swolecast here on Rotogrinders.com. It's the back-to-school edition, uh, and we are excited to be taken to school by Benjamin Gretsch. Uh, ben, how's it going? It's, it's going good. I, I mean, is Pete in a jersey, too? You guys said throw a tank top on, but is this, this is, it's jersey day. I, sh- I should have a jersey on. Yeah, We're going back to school, and that school is on the hard court, Ben. That's right. <laughs> uh, full disclosure this is the jersey that was signed by Dr. J. Um, at the DraftKings event that I played horse against him. And it is like it's not like a, a basketball jersey, it's like a football jersey that like is hugging me pretty tight. Did you win that horse? No, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> All of uh, kitchens, all of kitchens DFS stories go back to when he was a DK pro. I mean, they're good stories, right? Really, I mean, really, if you think about Wait, it, when do your stories go back? Actually, we were talking <laughs> about you, Davis. Like, as far as your bucket, your bucket hat, uh, like Cal was talking about yesterday in the office. Like, it, I mean, th- those are classic, like OG moments. Like now we don't, we haven't got to see each other in person in a really long time. Like. We're just clinging to what we have. Like your moments are like Twitter moments. I'm talking about <laughs> the IRL. best type. Of, the best type of moments to have. You you interrupted me though. I was going to say if you think about it, the DK NFT marketplace really could never have got there without the groundbreaking step of the DK pros. Like that never. Like really, you know, Tom Brady's first NFT. If you, it really it was David Kitchen who set the framework right. for that. Could, and let's back up because we just had a show <laughs> last week. Uh, by the way, um, a shout out to uh, to Logan Hitchcock, uh, Logie, yeah. yes. for getting uh, getting hired by Lucky Maverick. That's uh, Pete and Bale's. <laughs> Lucky uh, Trader. Lucky, Lucky Trader. Maverick. Lucky Maverick Whatever. is Bale's uh, Substack, right? The okay. Company. Yeah, it's, it's his it's his blog that he didn't realize people were paying for until four yeah. months after starting it. Imagine charging a newsletter and uh, charging people for it. Um, well, long, long form, <laughs> long form fantasy content is dead. So, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, shout out to Logan, oh. and uh, I do want to say I uh, checked the receipts, and as soon as Bales posted that job posting on Twitter, I mentioned Logan, and then Davis, you co-sign. So Absolutely. I feel, I feel like you and I's recommendation really kind of put him to the top. So shout out to him. Also, a lot <laughs> has happened in the past week because Pete. 
Like we had, like, we're we had, five minutes in. You're already, you're already taking credit for someone's like career boost. That's, that's now welcome, the to the welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome. These two didn't even flinch. Like, no, I, we're already. We know it's coming. They're used to the greatness. He, so, Dave's about to take credit for my CryptoPunk sale. Watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that last week on the show, like we talked about, like a little bit about NFTs and how Tuttle would be like, you know, just victory lapping and that sort of thing, and then. Then all of a sudden, we had a seismic shift. We had Cal uh, selling one of his crypto punks for like the equivalent of like 350k. Like uh, we had the rise of just crypto punks in general. And and Peter, you you sold. And I want to know the backstory of like how that happened. Yeah, we had. The market was getting frothy and uh, Paper Hands Levy, I think, had tossed in the chat that uh, maybe we could list it at a moonshot price. Yeah. I think we kind of ballparked it at like the market value being 120, 125 ETH. So we're like, let's do 169.69 ETH. That'll be funny for the lulls and it won't get sold, but at least we're doing our due diligence. Then this guy messaged me. And he's like, are you guys selling your crypto punk? And I was like, well, we have it listed, but we're not like trying to dump it. And he's like, okay, let me know if you change your mind. And I'm like, well, we have it listed. And then he comes back a few days later and he says, any updates from your crew? And I'm like, there's really no updates. Like it's still listed. He's like, okay. And then an hour later, he DMs me. I just bought it. So, so he knew about your crypto punk from the bit that you were doing about the one fifth of the crypto punk. Like, how did he reach out to you? Like, how do you get your info? I don't know where I should ask him. He didn't, he doesn't follow me, which is just incredibly poor etiquette. Uh, So I don't know (laughs) how he, he must've been looking at that punk. And then I don't know how he tied it to me uh, unless I just did such a great job. You don't know how he tied it from to you. You have like a a whole bit on this one fifth of a crypto punk. Yeah. I just don't know how he would find that. Okay. But do you yes. want to dock? Do you want to dox the other guys in your group or not? I mean, some of, I've already publicly docked. I mean, it, there's only one that can't be doxed, but it's Adam Wiggins and uh, CSU. Okay, and I, when I you- slid, I slid into Pete and Pat's DMs after that sale, and I was like, "Are we going to take a look at some of the expensive Top Shop moments that we own and see if those, if we should list those for a moonshot?" Davis was looking for another worst day of his life. <laughs> yeah. well top top shot is pumping a little bit i just checked my evaluate.market and it is it's kitchen darius garland the rookie debut darius garland moment oh. has some sales over the last 48 hours how insane well, is that for you some of those sales were to me <laughs> <laughs> i'll sell you i'll sell you mine at cost i'll sell you for uh, i'll sell it to you off chain for exactly what i bought it for as soon as we get penguin turtle tuxedo or whatever his name is out of the market we can start mooning again but like it this was not a past 48 hours this is like since lat like a like last week like it it really the the cool cats um announcement and all the other stuff hold on i'm on the clock right now oh boy so i wanted i actually wanted to i actually wanted to talk to gretch about this because gretch lives in the state of washington which means that he is missing out on the cultural experience of being on the clock permanently and doing 900 fantasy drafts a day. I also, like, I can't remember, did you get in to Top Shot or these NFTs at all? Like, it has this whole uh, summer of being permanently locked in to the internet, is it like all of this kind of passed you by? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I, I, I'm in a chat uh, with 
Pete and Pat and Leone where we were doing some playoff league. We did a ton of playoff fantasy leagues last year. And so we were tracking those. We had some really live teams into late January. And uh, that's like when, you know, Bales wrote his article and, and, and like there was like, they were all getting interested. There's all these conversations. And I was like, nah, I'm going to feel it out. And then I just like, I had like three more opportunities to buy in. And I was just like, eh. <laughs> so yeah, we can it. apply some, some like logistics there. Like, and I read a, a nice tweet and I was like, well, this would have been nice to know, or just like do, but it was like, always keep one of whatever you're collecting. And it reminded me of like, always keep your initial lineup in. Because like if you change it and it wins something, like keep it in something because otherwise you're always play your cash lineup in a GPP. Yeah, like because <laughs> soon you're gonna see like the entire Denver Broncos organization buying board apes for like a hundred thousand dollars, and you're like just crying. Are um, you just but, are you speaking for a friend, Dave? Yeah, I'm speaking for a friend. Pete, did you <laughs> did you did you what uh, did, did I miss it? Was it a bit that you aped back in? To oh, it was one hundred percent a bit, and I uh, I lost it? it until <laughs> until I like went back and watched the um was it the it was the randomizer yeah. draft with with Jack because like as soon as you did it, I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> and he so didn't. I go, I check the traits, and I'm like, wait, this hasn't check been sold. The traits. I checked check the, the traits, traits, bro. I checked the trades because I was like, so help me if he bought a gold fur board ape after like me saying that I like, I thought, I thought the bit, honestly, when I first saw it, I'm like, this bit is for me. Like that you were just going to be digging in at me. And, but then I was like, no, this is you like, would think of course, I was going to say, of course, me. kitchen thinks it literally like Pete just spent $35,000 on a JPEG as a bit. No, but David kitchen, but yeah, but, that, but that's the thing. <laughs> equity using my platform to boost this uh board ape uh all right we got some back to school stuff to talk about i still uh, don't understand the theme of this show it's okay, like it's, it's like back, back, it's to, back school. to school like we're all right weekly, i know what back my to kids means. are going back to like school. weekly swole cast like grinding football i i think is what the theme was if i understood it correctly yeah. So we're just, uh, first of all, I wanted to do like an, an icebreaker. Yes. Uh, when, when I got asked, I was just excited to be on the only show that gets further off track than chip chase. So <laughs> like, hey, this will be a blast. <laughs> all right. Uh, Gretch, what was your favorite teen high school movie? <laughs> what when I was a mean? teen or like a high a movie about being a teen in high school. Well, like, at, like, obviously like you could be a teenager or you could be like, um, before that but what was your favorite like did you have a movie when in high school kid. yeah he's saying he's saying like how much did you like american pie is basically the no, question. i was tommy boy and happy gilmore i mean i watched those two movies probably a hundred times each okay uh why, but peter uh <laughs> you mean like yeah like high school centered uh, i i, I would that that was gonna be the theme yeah. of it yeah okay. it high school centered Fer ferris bueller's day off was my jam Oh, uh, that is so overzet. Is it? It's so like a classic movie. It's just like yeah, a very like you good were. It wasn't even around. Likes. Like you were like two years old when it was like released. Wait, so now you want one that was that came out when I was of age too? What? I mean, Kitchen, what's he, yours? He, She's all that. No, Kitchen's uh, like that is a really dude. good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was really. Good. 
I mean, Kitchen, you're you're saying like for me, I guess I was a little older. Like Super Bad came out in 2007. I mean, like yeah, Super Bad was teenage was, uh, movies were from like. Oh, I kind of was in high school at the peak of like the Judd Apatow movies. Like, and and also it was like pre-social media, so like people's entire sense of humor would be like, it feels like bags of sand. Like that was just like, if you said that you were like the funny guy. Yeah. Just quoting Ron Burgundy all the time. Just made yeah. you hilarious. I yeah, like dressed that. up as Ron Burgundy for Halloween. my freshman year. <laughs> and just, I walked around quoting. I mean, I never talked to more girls at a party in my life. Ours well, was guaranteed uh, success. Yeah. Ours wasn't like high school, like movie, but it was like Austin Powers one and two like going and just quoting the that that whole movie i i kind of thought this was just an extended bit to show how old peter actually was no. like i thought kitchen came up with his bit to get uh peter to admit get to me back for yeah. four day purchase yeah. <laughs> no actually um i like to do segments and short segments and kind of break up the show in segments yeah because uh, it's so, always very organized and very no that, that's that's what we do i don't like to be like long-winded on stuff we like to be short and succinct that's why we brought uh ben gretch onto the show uh ben i'll let peter go ahead and tell you what you have to do for the remainder of the show oh yeah so ben i don't know if you heard but there is a paradigm shift now in fantasy sports content and we do have to be more (laughs) succinct we have to be more deliberate we can't waste our viewers and our readers time so for the remaining of the show you do have to speak in sentences that are 10 words or less okay can you do that? No. All right. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I let's, was thinking even before seeing that tweet, it, it's pretty funny to come on the show. At, like I got you three who are all like really witty and, and your little quips and everything. And I, I can't land anything in under like a thousand words. So <laughs> it's, it's a great fit for me. Great Kitchen's right. going to walk around with that feather in his cap for a long time. Gretch, you just made his month. Be the first one to call me wit. I feel like Dave is being lumped into our wit is uh <laughs> is like something that he would walk around with. Okay. Do you think uh, I want to be associated with your world? No, no it's not Dave? just me, it's me and Peter. It's our wits. Like oh, being being lumped in with Peter, huge plus. Yeah, like anyone that's what I'm who associates me, me that's with Peter. He's like the kid on the playground who was like, I got first pick, and he, he just chose being as quick as he could. Like me, me and Pete have the same wit. We're very funny together. Yeah. Yeah, it's called co-signing. Davis is really good at it. I am very good at it. That's true. Okay. Uh, I learned it I, from you, though, Dave. That's what I was to say. I've, I've already you. been co-signing tweets for uh, for the past week, and uh, I, I've enjoyed it. One of, the, one of the subject is the Packers running back subject, Saquon Barkley also. So I want to start with two guys are going in the first round. Saquon and Aaron Jones, Gretchen, you tell me, are you scared of these guys or not? Like if, if these guys are coming up and they're like your eighth, eighth pick and those are next to like on the list, are you just skipping them all together for a wide receiver? Yeah. I mean, depending on the room, but. Who the hell are you talking to kitchen? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, kitchen I, I, does not I'm skipping, to ship chasing. I'm skipping one, the one Oh three for a wide receiver. So you're not, <laughs> you're not exactly putting me in a tough spot yet. But okay. yeah, that's, I mean, depending that's, on the room, if, that's if too far. You guys if, have gone too far if you're not taking Kamara and Zeke. I'm sorry. I, I and mean, Derrick Henry. No. Are in, we, accurate? 
I want to do like. the, uh, I think you should leave. You sure about that, Davis? People, sure people got, that? people got so tilted on Twitter yesterday when I said that CH was a dead zone running back. And then I literally linked Grinch's shit. We're like, yeah, sometimes it is in the second round and just slowly slinking away from the keyboard. That tweet <laughs> tilted me too. I just didn't engage with it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't think CH is in the dead zone? I don't think the spirit of the dead zone as it is no. talking about guys who go in the late second round of. Yeah, that, that tweet also jumped me in. I, I wrote the Dead Zone article, so. All right. <laughs> the, the, dead zone, the Dead Zone starts with the first like, Davis, pick, what buddy. are you talking about? He Grinch did the gnaw wave. He did the gnaw wave to Davis, like, linking to his article. He, like, took it down right away. <laughs> so Dude, like, Pat, Pat had the article on NBC Sports Edge. Go read it. Dead Zone starts at pick one. That's why you take, uh, you know, Devontae Adams one on three. All go. right, uh, Gretch, are you like if you did a if you did a redraft league with your buddies, your hometown league, you would still take a wide receiver at pick one hundred three? I think that's a a really good way of putting it because in a league like that, I feel comfortable that I'm going to get plenty of wide receiver depth, and right, there's going to be some bad choices in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, and so probably no. I probably in those leagues, I've I've come around to yeah, I'll just take take a running back, take a swing, you know. So I probably take <laughs> Kamara in that league. Because I do think that there is that, I mean, there are leagues that are about to start drafting like the redraft league and people are going to be looking for content. And uh, most of like the content out there right now is not for redraft league. It's for tournaments and best ball leagues where the strategy is probably a little bit different. Peter, are you going to be catering any of your content to like normie drafts (laughs) drafts Uh, for normies? So I would say the fantasy life newsletter, I tried to cater toward the common man who hasn't been radicalized by right. uh, a zero RB truthers. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hear that. Like I play in a, an ESPN standard league every year where you can only start two wide receivers or I guess three with the flex, but it's standard scoring, nothing fancy. And I, I've tried zero RB stubbornly like four or five years ago when I first found it. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, jam this square peg in a round hole everywhere. Didn't work uh, too well in that format. So yeah, you can adjust in those home leagues. And to Ben's point, like, we're now seeing some crazy stuff. Like in a home league, you could legitimately get T Higgins in the sixth or seventh round and he'll go like late third in some of these drafts now. That is accurate. And you're also counting on like your, your league mates, like a couple of your league mates to be just like donators, right? Like if it's not a, yeah. Super competitive league. As you I said mean, that Higgins thing, I thought back to my oldest league that I've played in for like over 20 years. And a couple of years ago, I did exactly what you're talking about. I think I started running back, running back, because I was like, I know I can get value. And it was the year Chris Godwin was going into year three. And everyone, anyone like us was very on Chris Godwin. He was jumping up into like the third round of drafts. And I got him in like the middle of the fifth in this, in this league. And it's like, okay, cool. Like I didn't sacrifice anything. I mean, if you're in that type of league and you're aware, you, yeah, you just kind of follow the Do your league through. mates hate you? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Because are you the type of, I'm just like going to be stereotyping you right now. Are you the type of guy that's like <laughs> in the fifth, I just got him with the fifth item of his third round ADP. Like, do you, is that kind Gretch of, Gretch is like, definitely not that guy. I, I'm not that guy actively. I've definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that I've not done that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more the guy that tells everyone else good pick probably too much. And then I've had buddies kind of hate on me for that. Like, oh, hey, thanks. Like one guy changed his team name one year to, team of great value because i kept telling him like good value pick you're playing expert i I was trying to be nice i was like good job (laughs) 
I Gretch, I, I know that both. So I did a, a draft in person on Sunday with a bunch of the fantasy guys around Boston. And I found myself like when a guy that went that I didn't hate, like the pick, but was not my target. I was like very over enthusiastic. Great pick. Great, Love great pick. pick. Gr- just trying to stuff. sell because it's yeah. like there's some truth to it, but I was selling it just a little too much. <laughs> Adam Adam Thielen in the fifth. Good. Yeah, great value. Good. Good, uh, great no, value. I, I couldn't have passed on that. There <laughs> 14 for sure. touchdowns last year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's uh like one of our FI old G OG FI guys, Ben Pritchett. He's in the home league with me too. I mean, it's going on year 15 or 16, but He's the, the same way where he plays expert, where he'll, he'll tell you if it's a good pick or a bad pick or like whatever it is. Like he's going to be, he's going to be the color guy. And uh, you that, and you, the real fantasy football expert are like, you know, laughing because yeah. you're like, I, I got these guys. I have, yeah. I have never won my home league with my buddies from high school and college. Oh, and, yikes. and they are this for a living. <laughs> they are like, they are, they are a step above. Like they, you know, they listen to the podcast and like, they like ship, like they all listen to not all of them, but some of them listen to like ship chasing what the, my buddy who we did the KFFFC last and, year and with the and stuff and the swole cast. Sometimes they watch it. I don't know if they watch it that much, but they they make fun of me mercilessly because I've never I've never won this league like they it's just it's relentless like it's not even fun for me to do the draft because I'm like great I you know I have a one in 12 chance of winning this I'm probably not going to win it and it's just going to be awful yeah we have uh that I won the first two years and haven't won since we're like in year 15 or 16 and so there's a big a big drought and people that I used to make fun of are now winning and it's uh you know I'm competitive but it takes a lot to win a, a big league. And we're also doing auction drafts now, which is a little different because like if you bid on somebody, someone else just wants to kind of outbid you for that player. If it's someone that you have to, it's a, it's a game of poker basically. So, all right. Is that what happens uh, in auctions? I, I, I didn't know that. So when you bid, then someone outbids you. Someone else bids also. Is that, same, is that how that yeah. works? Okay. Oh no, you're, sometimes you're you bid and no, sometimes you bid and you win that bid. Wait, oh. and do you lose like the money if you win it? Then that comes out of what you had to start. Yeah, like you have, <laughs> you have a you have a cap. You have a starting budget, typically around two hundred dollars. I think there might be a market for this. Have you thought about bringing wow. this to like a wider group of people? My mind Auction. is blown by this. Auction it's, draft going to be starting soon. Uh, it seems like a really equitable draft format. yeah yeah so uh if you want to but the the issue is that like if you're the expert if you're like the go-to guy people that that they look to for guidance and And that's david kitchen right like myself then uh then they are gonna just run up the bid no matter what just because how how much would we love to see a year or even like a month of soccer dave like being like a fantasy football analyst of like going on shows talking about his picks doing rankings like updating news and stuff i think cal if you're watching you should make kitchen start doing youtube shorts on the roto grinders <laughs> youtube uh his favorite picks at adp He's every day run out of titans players after like the fifth show <laughs> what are oh, you gonna do did you guys see tape of uh racy mcmath I know yeah, we talked about him. I saw you quote tweet it. The yeah. tweet you said in the last. Yeah. <laughs> how many? I mean, how many faves for the McMath tweet? I don't know, David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis, Davis, how many drafts are you doing? Like any other drafts other than like the best ball drafts, like the typical best ball drafts? 
Yeah, I've got uh, main event with Peter and Patrick on what the September 2nd, I think we said. Yeah. Uh, I have a main event with Thorman, Silva and Reeves on the 25th. And then I have two other main events with uh, some daily roto subscribers that we do like the the mega the mega managed team and then i have uh the nffc silver bullet with leone uh on the do you have anything by yourself that you're not co-signing with i uh, uh no probably not Pro- uh, like my home leagues and stuff okay so peter tell me what value davis brings to the table with like the teams with you and kareem Davis is is he in the weeds every week with like free agents more so Davis is on more on top of waivers than most people I think um so he's kind of like your stable boy well I do I do waivers for all the teams that I co-manage like I like all the teams that I co-manage with everyone I will do the waivers for all of them yeah and it's because there's that time this year will be overwhelming. We all have a ton of teams and sometimes you need like each team, even if you're co-managing it, you kind of need a captain, like someone who is going to take the charge, put the initial ideas out there. And then the other people bounce off of them. And when, and our football guys draft last year, Davis, Davis was our captain getting us started. I mean, you guys had like the, we, I will never forget the week one ship chasing waiver show, like uh, an all time, a true all time shit show. Sorry, Devin, but it really was like, it was, it was unbelievable. I'm glad we got it streamlined after that. Wait, you were on the first ever ship chasing show. No, he's talking about last year, week one, like Pat oh. and I just hadn't done any prep work. Um, because what we used to do was like talk through our decisions, yeah. but this was the first year we had done a live waiver show. And so we we're like talking with the chat and goofing around. And then we were like, holy shit, we have 15 minutes and haven't done anything for all these teams. And I was just having a meltdown. Uh, and we since then added in a pre Wednesday show call last year to go through like some of the, you know, just color in the lines a little bit before we got on the show. So yes, it's uh, we've refined the process. You were also kind of in bit mode last year and now you're in like full experts. Like I don't know. It felt pretty real for you guys by week one. I mean, you guys did a lot of drafts last year. Obviously I'm talking more... about like, I'm talking about before the season started. Yeah. I mean, Pete's a, Pete's a serious fantasy football now, player. Now, he is. Credit, dude. now he is 100%, but he did originally, like he want, he did not want to be like the, the tout the guy that has his own newsletter that's uh you know whatever so i don't have my own newsletter uh i don't i like i still hope that my stuff comes from a place of i am just sharing what i am doing in my drafts yeah yeah. um that's that's what i feel comfortable doing and even when we do shows with with gretch and uh and davis and pat like i feel way more comfortable just talking through like i've done all these drafts i know the pockets of adps i know how these drafts go that's where i feel like i can lend my expertise and and gretch will attest to it too like when we talk i often don't have player takes i'm like we all generally like these guys if someone prefers one way more than the other i'm generally pretty cool with it gretch as far as like the way Mm -hmm. that you're evaluating players you see people now you got your own site how much do you engage on twitter like banter, like if someone has a take that you disagree with, how much do you take the bait basically now? Not very much. I mean, you just and, let, and you not just like, let it slide. 
it's not even uh twitter's a, an interesting place right yeah. like i mean it's it's tough give an to example you. give an example what do you mean of like I, someone who's had right. a take that you disagree with well, I, I think it was when I was with you at Fancy Insiders, I, I remember quote tweeting uh, uh, Scott Fish on a John Ross thing. And I was just trying to add like the other side of it. And he ended up deleting the tweet. Do you remember this? And you you hammered me merciless, mercilessly for it, for getting the nicest guy on Twitter, Scott Fish, who we all love, who I was certainly not trying to dunk on to, yeah. to like delete a tweet. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a, a great example. A pro John Ross tweet uh who's he playing for now uh it's the giants giants that's right i saw him like doing a just give him a chance kitchen you've not given him enough <laughs> runway God. he's so fast <laughs> how much preseason are you going to be watching this uh this week peter uh probably not a lot i'm i'm so swamped i wish i just had like three hours to make we dfs go. lineups and what david i'm doing everything i can kitchen <laughs> so swamped your job. I am. It's your job to grind the tape. It's not preseason's not my job. All right. Uh Gretch, what about you? I'm gonna try to watch as much as I can. Davis. Yeah, I will be well, I'll watch all of it and I will well, I Game Pass doesn't have all 22 now. Um, but I'll I'll it's watch also the like the format too. is way worse. Is it's, it way I, harder I to get to the videos, or is that just me? I haven't pulled it, I haven't pulled it up yet. I've Davis I told just, me it'd be no. Bro. Davis said no problem. It was gonna well, be. Well, that's not no to, to peek behind the curtains. That's not how I make the videos that I make on Twitter. Now, in the season, if it's still a huge problem, that like if it still doesn't work, then it's gonna be a big problem, and I don't know how I'm gonna keep up those engagements without Game Pass working because that's a people love like it's dude. It's just a never-ending source of engagements when you post videos of football players. Yeah. <laughs> that and best ball screenshots. Never, it's the fountain that truly will my never team. run out. My, my team. You know, it's going to be really <laughs> fascinating when we flip the switch week one because yeah. you remember the moratorium. We need to get it all out of <laughs> Oh our my God. The moratorium, Pete, it's going to be worse than ever this it's year. It's going to be awful. <laughs> Last year was bad and it's a fraction of the amount of people playing Someone, Someone is going to screenshot being in first place at the end of Sunday night on week one. <laughs> <laughs> no we're gonna get we're gonna get the day after like it'll be who's the opening game is it cowboys cowboys Bucks? yeah that sounds right yeah like, like cd so has like two catches yeah the this team dust <laughs> i faded cd lamb he's the fifth option on the cowboys i'm gonna win best ball mania too <laughs> oh man it's 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 coming for sure gretch is he's look at it he is struck he really wants to give his cowboys passing game take right now so no, go ahead and give it. I go ahead and give I'm, it. I'm already getting stressed out about that. They're not wrong. Like the 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 mentions get so bad in September, man. They're just uh. no. Here's the thing, though. Kitchen was one of the worst offenders of the best ball moratorium, but he doesn't have any teams. Uh, last year I did. This year not not so many, but last year I had a lot of teams. No, I. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you were one of the worst offenders, and there is nothing to offend. Like, because you don't have any teams to care about. Uh, hold on. Also, one of the worst offenders, Davis, I uh, did very well in both DraftKings and okay. Underdog. This guy went, went to the championship. Did you go to the championship? No, but I okay. also Pe wouldn't have been Peter, talking did about you it go? for the 16th Peter, did you go to the championship? Wins? I did, actually, Dave. Yeah, okay. Thank you. 
two of the guys on the show went to the championship, Davis, and you didn't. I was more successful in my best ball shares last year than you were. Yeah, Gretz tried like to lump Davis into our best ball acumen, and that yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, um, threw it just threw me off track. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no, I was going to ask about Cooper. Cooper, Dak, undervalued, yay, yay or nay? I think so. Are you asking me? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think so. I, I, I'm not that worried about Dak's shoulder. Uh, I mean, Cooper has to fall a little bit. I'm, um, I've been. He already uh, is. He already has fallen right. a little bit. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. To take him in the specific draft, I wouldn't like reach for him. I've been a card carrying member of CD over Cooper all off season, but I mean, yeah, you you can take Cooper. <laughs> you know, when he starts to slip into the, you, you can see him in like fifth. Mm. depends on yeah. the league, obviously but i yeah i'm i'm this i'm the same way like cd is super exciting but man he is he is getting really pricey i mean he goes we the we, we memed round. we memed cd lamb from like april at the beginning of the fourth to the end of the second like just via sheer memory like i'm the highest on cd lamb no i'm the highest on cd lamb yeah and I, I get the concerns with Amari, like he's still, you know, working back from this ankle. The teams say it's fine. But I think the bigger deal is more, is Dak going to be okay? Like, I, I don't know. The, the shoulder stuff seems vaguely concerning to me. Uh, Yeah, I can, I can see it be vaguely concerning, but like, I don't know if he, if he, if he gets a, a snap of preseason action, I'm going to be like, whatever, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm calling it a baseball injury is weird. I mean, that, that, yeah, baseball pitchers that have shoulder injuries usually are screwed. Like, that, that didn't actually like sound great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess the, the reality is I'm not taking Dak a ton, but, uh, cause he's not actually like falling that much. But I, I think like when you pose a question as, as like, are they a value? Like, I don't, I think a lot of this stuff's overblown this year. We didn't have preseason last year. People are freaking out about Burrow. Burrow's not even nine months removed from from a pretty significant knee injury. He should be a little ginger in practice. And people are freaking out that he doesn't look like he's 100%. That's sort of what we should have expected, in my opinion. I'm not saying we should completely fade that stuff. I also don't think that you should chase injured players, you know, where possible. But there's a lot of this early. Like, we are still a full month from week one. And then week one is what everyone focuses on, but is not what determines fantasy weeks, right? I think Burrow, like, the way I've been putting it is, like, maybe he's not totally even mentally all the way there by week one but he's probably going to play he's very likely to play and i assume dak too and then i i'm sort of thinking by like week four that these guys are going to be fine you know like that maybe it takes a couple of weeks for them they're a little ginger maybe those teams those offenses go a little more run heavy early on to protect those guys but if they're fine by week four then then they're, they're like you almost shouldn't have discounted them at all yeah. And back to the, uh, the CD lamb thing. And you mentioned burrow Higgins, another one, like we all love these second year breakout wide receivers. And the one thing is, is like, you don't have to reach for him because in every round, there's another one of these guys that fit that profile. If you don't get lamb, you can get Higgins. If you don't get Higgins, you can get Ayuk. If you don't get Ayuk, you can get Judy. If you don't get Judy, you can get Visca. If you don't get Visca, you can get Pittman. Like, you don't have to reach for these guys. You can get similar profiles at each round, uh, basically through like 10 rounds. Hey, you, you mentioned Pittman. So that's the next topic as far as Colts. Do you think, you think that Wentz is going to be quarter, quarterback starting week one? And has your opinion changed any on like, I'm, has it gone from I'm not drafting 
any Colts players to yes, I will Davis. I mean, I didn't really like the Colts before. Like I, the, the Colt I had the most of before was um, Naheem Hines, but I just expect them to play a pretty boring brand of football, run the ball a lot. I don't think Carson Wentz is that good. I mean, I definitely don't think Eason is any good. Sorry. Sorry, Gretch. Sorry for the Huskies, but I mean, I guess the guy to buy the dip on would have been Paris Campbell because he, you know, theoretically still has like room, like he's got marginal room for a breakout. He's been marred by so many injuries. Like you can kind of squint and see it. But I like Pittman goes ahead of like Devontae Parker. I think Parker's a little bit better of a bet. And I even think that like the Rondale Ruggs group of guys, honestly, is a little bit more interesting than Pittman because I just don't, I don't see any wide receiver there really like racking up like 130 targets. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I like betting uh, on T.Y. Hilton fading. And I think both Paris yeah. Campbell and Pittman are unique enough or interesting enough that one of them could kind of emerge and really pay off on their ADP. But I'm, I'm curious on Gretch's uh, wide receiver takes there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm similar to Davis in that the Colts have been really rotational the last several years. Like Reich has been really willing to like play to different game script, use different personnel. They're not a concentrated offense. They haven't been. Um, I think that could change a little bit for Taylor specifically, but I don't really think it's going to change for necessarily any of the receivers. Pittman led the team in snaps though last year. Like he, he was the guy that they committed to a little bit playing almost every down. Um, but it is interesting. Like I, I like to look at uh, <clears throat> instead of yards per out run, targets per out run and yards per target, basically make up yards per out run. Right. And yeah. so I like to look at the targets per out run side of that. Yards per target is not a particularly stable one. Earning targets is a skill. It's a challenging thing uh i think for some people to grasp but like receivers that earn a lot of targets are the ones that we want that's what the the real ceiling is we think of like, like these big plays big splash like randall cobb yeah i mean like 10 years ago yeah like, yeah. like randall cobb <laughs> but you but are anyway. you saying like earning are you saying like earning targets because the quarterback trusts them or because the team is like they're designing plays for them well we don't really know the exact reason why but more or less like they're getting open right in some way or another like we know that wide receiver athleticism doesn't have a huge impact on whether or not players are successful from a prospect standpoint which then people think is means that athleticism doesn't matter that's not really what we're saying we're saying the ones that that are athletic that use their athleticism for production like julio jones that shows up in their production it doesn't necessarily you know there's also really athletic guys that, that aren't productive right um but like Stephen Hill or whoever Davis, we were we were. In oh, dude, don't even. Why'd you even have to go there, bro? We were having a fun show. At, at any at any rate, what I was getting yeah, at a little lamb. Paris Campbell in a really small sample has had a target spot run over twenty percent, which is really pretty good. Uh, Pittman was like in the fifteen percent range last year, which is more like men, right? And so I I have been sort of like Campbell, especially at cost, is more interesting to me. All right. Who are the, uh, just the back to school theme, we've got to do at least one sort of analogy. Who are like the old actors that really should not be in the movie, but they're still in the high school movie? Talking about like, who are the old players that you're drafting that maybe have they discovered a fountain of youth? Maybe they, you know, they're not getting older. You're, you're okay with drafting them because it's not a popular take to be drafting old players these days. At least not in like the- uh, Define you know, old. 
because like Areas i don't even want to draft over like, 20 yeah, for gretch yeah for this group of for this group of people we're like we're like looking at guys who are in their third year like i don't know yeah. man it's just, <laughs> like i think uh who was it uh antonio brown like they said like he was he's looking like five years ago antonio brown or something like that like are you are you drafting any old players right now gretch the hard thing is just, you know, Pete just laid it out really well. It's like opportunity cost. Antonio Brown goes in this range where he can still get some really interesting upside young players like this guy or whoever. I, that's not like to say that I don't want to take any Antonio Brown. I actually think like we'll go back to that targets per run stat. Antonio Brown was really good last year at that stat. I mean, there's a possibility that he comes out and is really good. I'm actually sort of shying away from Evans and Godwin because I don't think people realize how much Brown was like a third number one when he played. He didn't play a ton of snaps all the time, but. Um, well, give me a, give me an old guy that you're drafting. Like the first thing I thought of was Robbie Anderson is interesting. We needed, we old? needed Leone. <laughs> we needed Leone on the show. If we wanted to draft <laughs> old guys. Like Robbie Anderson's a dude that I'll consider in ranges where I want to take young players, but I think Robbie's underpriced he's, he's come up a lot in the last couple months, like a couple months ago. You can get him in like so is Darnold. I mean, I mean the whole that whole offense has outside of McCaffrey, obviously uh, Peter, who are some old guys that you're drafting right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Gretch. It's really, really hard to pull the trigger on guys like Antonio Brown there. I've been forcing myself to do it a little bit. Uh, if I am taking some of the old guys, I don't, I've come around. If I do like the hyper fragile and I'm just stacking wide receivers, I have capitulated a little bit to some AJ green there. Uh, yeah. I, oh, you want to talk about old. That was, that was my guy. That was the I guy that say, I just, the yeah. other old guy that is probably the earliest guy that I draft a lot. And I know, uh, Pat and Davis hate this take from listening to their recent one is I, I grabbed some Emmanuel Sanders, uh, I think he is going to get targets in that uh, offense. Beat reporters do not lie either. We they we know. invited Matt Waldman on the show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do find it funny, Davis, that you're in on AJ Green, but out on Emmanuel Sanders. I think Sanders is a better version of what you're getting when you draft AJ Green. Emmanuel so Sanders I, last 900 yard season was in 2016. Just, you know, that's that's just a, an actual stat. Wow. Owned. Owned. <laughs> I mean, probably true for AJ Green too. So oh, the yeah. The AJ Green thing is that the Cardinals offense is just going to have a ton of layups because of the way, like most of the throws they're going to ask Kyler to do are either going to be way too difficult and should never be called by any quarterback ever. Like, uh, you know, the, the dumb vertical stuff they do where the guy has no chance or total layups because that's the way the offense is designed. And AJ Green is going to have terrible efficiency, but if they just design a bunch of layup plays for him, which uh, it's it's Cliff Kingsbury, and I could totally see him signing 33-year-old A.J. Green and being like, that's the guy. That's the guy we got to feed. But basically, Leone is the one who pointed this out to me. Andy Isabella on the COVID list. Christian Kirk injured in training camp, and then after they signed A.J. Green, Cliff was saying all these things about the wide receiver group, and he was talking about Keyshawn Johnson, but literally did not say Christian Kirk's name. Like, Christian Kirk is, like, dead to Cliff Kingsbury for whatever reason. I think it's stupid. It's not how I would coach the Arizona Cardinals, but it looks like he probably is going to see the second most targets on a team that we expect to pass a ton. What about Rondell Moore? I mean, did I don't you have anything you know. bad to say about, did, was there, is there any like bad news on him? 
We no, don't say no. anything bad about. No, Rondell I love Moore. I love Rondell Good. Moore. I take Rondell Moore ahead of ADP. You just ignored like I, him like he didn't exist. So I was I mean, talking about Andy Isabella. No, but it's just like I, you know, what what is Cliff going to do with a rookie wide receiver he drafted high? The last rookie wide receiver he drafted high, he literally redshirted yeah, him. So I just yeah. don't know. It's fair. I, but I'd, I would say the the comment about like the layups in that offense, I think that's very similar for the Bills offense. I was about like, to say, and you do, and he doesn't have to fight with as many. Well, players. all the all the layups go to Diggs, though. I mean, a lot, but you could say all the layups went to Hopkins last year in the Cardinals offense. Yeah, uh, well, they good. they they dispersed a bunch of targets. Like they had a bunch of guys who had like thirty to forty targets, right? What do you mean by layups? Like what type of play? Like the the mesh play, right? So the mesh play in the air. <laughs> Pete knows. Pete read the book. No, Pete just did a layup like a basketball layup. <laughs> no, you the so the mesh play. You have yeah. the you have the guy who runs the option route, and he runs he runs the crosser with the hook option, and that was Hopkins' play last year. I I could see them asking Hopkins to run the more difficult route, isolated on the perimeter as opposed to asking AJ green to do the more difficult job. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Cause I was thinking you're talking about, I mean, when I say lips, I'm thinking of like jet motion tip passes. No, no, you know, no, none, none of that. No, that's, that's all going to go to more, which makes it yeah. tough for green. In my opinion, I think that's all going to go to Rondale. I'm really high on Rondale. Uh, kitchen. I was just looking through ADP and I got a couple other words for you. And one, I know Pete likes, uh, Odo Beckham. Pete was kind of making, well, I was going to ask Beckham. Davis about Odo Beckham. I brought him up last week, but I mean, another one of those guys. What is it with all you guys that are old that just want to talk about olds like you and Leone? No, it's about finding value, Gretch. Like when you see kitchen, kitchen is a value-based value based drafter. Kitchen they, is they, a value based drafter. You can't spell soccer day without EV, my friend. So you, without uh, VBD, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean you you take a look at like offenses. And he's, you would assume he's going to be the wide receiver one, right? Beckham. Yeah. Talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, still was really good in targets per out run in limited samples the last several years. You know, when he's been getting hurt, he hasn't been as explosive. I don't know if that's like guaranteed to be gone for the rest of his career. He came in really young. I think he's what, 28, 29. He's not like 32 or anything. Uh, you know, he's competing with Landry, who's just as old, basically. Uh, they don't really have a lot else. Like they use their tight ends a lot. They use the running backs a lot. People like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins. There's not a lot else there. Like if, if Baker's going to have a good year, and I think the, the Browns are probably going to have a decent year. And the Browns threw a lot down the stretch last year and into the playoffs. They, they stayed a lot more aggressive and Baker was playing better. So I think this, like, if you look at all the Browns ADPs, if, if they do keep any of that, that late season passing, and they bring that into this year, someone's going to be a value. Like Landry's completely forgotten about. Austin Hooper is like ridiculously free. And I don't, I'm not saying he's like a, a great upside tight end bet, but like for best balls where you can get him, sure. Um, he's probably their third option. He, he played plenty. So the, the biggest of all of that point would be Beckham. If Beckham's back to form in any kind of way, He's still dominating targets on a per route basis in the last several years. He's not like done, done. Yeah. DPJ was a guy we talked last week about like 18th round guys. Um, and He's no longer an 18th. Yeah. You got to take him like in the 16th round. You, because you, really you were like at last, last week, I actually had the choice of choosing, I think on our draft, uh, choosing between him and Richard Higgins. And I chose Higgins and I chose poorly because after that, it seemed like, 
all the beat writers were just talking about how amazing he was doing. Steady drum beat on Donovan Peoples Jones <laughs> this offseason. Obviously, we're uh, we're listening to that. What about uh, you? You mentioned Cincinnati. Uh, what about some of those backup wide receivers as well, Gretch? Who's about? What are you talking Tate? about? Auden Tate? Are you? Auden, I, you just you want to talk about Auden Tate? Tyler no, Boyd. Tate. <laughs> I I think the Bengals have the best trio of receivers in the league, and every time I say that, people are like, "What about the Cowboys?" And I I think the Bengals trio is better. But um, Tate's not a Tate's but not in the. What trio. about the Cowboys? That's that's sort of my point. Is how is Auden Tate going to play when he's behind the best trio? I mean, like even if one of those guys gets hurt, the other two yeah. Tate's going to get on the field. The other two are going to eat. That's what's going to happen. He's going to run. I guess it's field. about leverage and your your strategy yeah. in best ball tournaments. Like if one of those guys goes down, just like that's not Auden. leverage though, because the other two will dominate targets that are healthy and Tate will run into routes. And they so still you, have uh, like, that's like, Tom, like a bad or good Michael Thomas still too, which they, he played that he played a little bit last year. I mean, that might hit kitchen. Anything can hit, but I would say that's like a good example of bad seasonal leverage. Like he's okay. not good enough to jump in. Even if he gets the injury. The practice reports in, say differently, Gretch. And practice, then like, <laughs> follow the practice reports. He just oh. means, he, he just means follow a Twitter timeline. <laughs> yeah. Hardest um, will not will not let Auden Tate die. That's hey, commendable. Yeah, we uh, we commend that. Uh, we were talking about preseason. I do want to give a shout out to Christian Mino because I did play uh, Showdown last week in that uh, Hall of Fame game. Watch all four quarters. That's a it was huge amazing. Upset. And uh, and we we like Jimino was all in on the. I don't even know what his name is now. I forgot what his name is, but he's a Steelers wide receiver that caught a touchdown, but he's like their sixth or seventh string guy, but it basically moved everybody in the RG discord up to the top of the list. So, so you're admitting to collusion is what I'm hearing. No, if I had a hundred, if I had a hundred and I was in the RG, we didn't have the same team Davis. I know you don't really (laughs) understand about like how to win a tournament uh, or a qualifier. So when you have a three so- percent owned Dave guy, noted, when you have noted, a three percent owned guy that scores champion. a touchdown and is like one of the top owned guys, and anyone that has him is going to move up the leaderboard in a one-game showdown contest. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with the best ball tournaments. You know, all the guys in the 18th rounds when you're moving up those boards in in week 17, right? When uh, Racy Racy McMath, when my Racy friend. McMath, when Racy McMath and and Ryan Tannehill combined for four touchdowns in week 17, but Kitchen's team with Racy McMath got eliminated in week 16. It's not going to happen, Davis. Uh, you your goal this year should be to make a best ball final. Yes. I've already, Pete and I had this conversation like back in yeah. February and I said that was one of my goals. Yeah. It's a good feeling. It's uh, it makes you feel good about your process, all the work you did in the off season. I was like, uh, I was like a uh, Josh Allen to Isaiah McKenzie shuffle touchdown pass away from uh bonking okay, Davis, the no drafters one wants, tournament last year. No one wants to hear about your what ifs on the drafters tournament. Finish third. Did baby. you have Isaiah McKenzie? How, how did it come down? To 20, 20 round drafts. So he was your Racy McMath last year. I mean, I was taking guys. I was taking, like, I mean, Cedric Wilson, James Washington, Auden Tate, took Auden Tate on some teams. Got to do it. All right, guys that are gaining steam. He scored five touchdowns last year. Calm down. 
both of you calm down. We've taken up the allotment of uh, Isaiah McKenzie's <laughs> this show. What, how, how tilted are people going to be when Isaiah McKenzie has more touches than Gabriel Davis, who they've been hoovering up in the 10th round of underdog draft? Davis, when did you become such an old two, man? Like, you want to take Ezekiel Elliott and you want to fade Gabe Davis, who... Was a, I just a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I need to make this thing. point. I need thing. to make this point on Zeke. <laughs> no. Everyone is racing to say they like CD Lamb more than everyone else. Everyone thinks the Cowboys are going to score all these points. We're drafting Michael Gallup at the 5'8. We're taking Amari Cooper, who is still limping around on an ankle that was injured seven months ago. We're taking Dak. But all of a sudden, people like think that Zeke can't score 20 touchdowns while still being fat. Like he can, he can get there. It's the same argument for CH. He can be so good for fantasy without being as good as like Derrick Henry or whatever. Who's a guy that has gained steam over this past week that uh, that you were on, Gretch? I mean, I'm not as tied into ADP as these guys that are best balling a ton, but uh, Higgins is gaining steam and should be. A lot of these young guys, Lamb's gaining steam and should be. I'm definitely on those guys. Um, but you, I thought you said he was too expensive, or maybe that was Peter. That no, said that was Pete. I'll take CD Lamb with a one-two Ooh, turn. Ooh, you're still taking him. I don't nice. A one-two turn. <laughs> I mean, I don't know now that I really would, nice. but like, I'm not going really to not would. take CD Lamb. I'll say that. David's just gonna, saying like, we're all trying to one up each other, and then yeah. just like, like literally, we are racing over each other to be like, no, I think the Cowboys are going to score more points. No, I think the Cowboys are going to score more points, but we we don't feel comfortable right. taking. Let me put it this Zeke way: I three. said on on my pod with Sean Siegel still in bananas that seating Lamb. People keep asking who's this year's AJ Brown. He was this year. I agree Brown. with this take very easily, especially when he was going in the third round. It's very similar to Brown. Where it's just a situational, like last year's Brown tank in his targets, same kind of same thing with Lamb. He's even the number one on his own team. We're making the situational issues to, to ignore the fact that his profile dating back to college, which we should still be looking at is all green flags. It's just flawless. And he was awesome last year, especially before Dak went down and he's going to run more routes this year. He didn't run a you know, full slate of routes last year. He's going to be phenomenal. So yeah, I think you can take him. I and I will, not I will say for here's what I'll say. His, I'm ahead. not convinced Justin <laughs> Jefferson is the best receiver in that class, and ADP all offseason has has had a significant gap there. And I think CD actually long term is going to prove to be the better receiver. Yep. And I will Agreed. give you credit. I will give you credit, Gretch, because uh, we talked about John Roth, obviously. And I'll go on the opposite side of that and say, like, you were one of the the top guys on AJ Brown from the get go. Like as as you're like the flag planters. It was me yep. and you there at the top of the mountain. <laughs> John Ross just ran bad. John Ross just ran bad. He should have really should have been so good. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Matthews too also just ran bad. Matthews at least had like some production out there. Jordan Matthews is gonna be in the Wait, NFL. Are you gonna year, say buddy. John Ross didn't have any production? Just a sec. I'm pulling up the stat that I said to Davis the other day. He played. He has played 27 career games. He has 10 touchdowns. That's a really good touchdown. I just okay, that but on first season didn't he play like three games? Yeah, he just got hurt a ton. Yeah, like you're 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 spanning those three touchdowns over three seasons. Ten touchdowns, not three. Ten touchdowns, whatever. It's three a lot of, three a year. All right, I bet Peter, you didn't know he scored 10 NFL touchdowns. You learned yeah. something today. <laughs> it, we're the heading book. back to school and we're starting book. with the books. <laughs> Peter, who are some guys that have been getting to see over the past week that you either you're on or not on? 
Yeah, who's getting steamed up? I mean, I still, I mean, we keep mentioning Higgins. Like, I still am kind of chasing him at the, you know, beginning of the fourth round at times. Guys, I've been, so Gretch, uh, Pat, and I just drafted Jerry Judy in one of our main event teams, and I hadn't been getting a lot of him, and now I'm trying to kind of get some, even though he is expensive. And then on the flip side, I had virtually no Devonta Smith uh, but because of the injury, he's now been sliding sometimes like 20 picks past ADP. So I've been starting to get my first uh, Devonta Smith exposure now. Uh, Davis, what about you? I mean, it's Daryl Henderson, right? He, he's the guy who... Is he even uh, rising? Yes. Yeah. You got to take him at like the 3-9 sometimes in underdog now. Which is no. still too low. He was yeah, just his there. His ADP is 46.8. Yeah. So he was, he was 58 five days ago. Yeah. So people finally what, realize what, that what what's happened is everyone drafting in the puppy now realizes that it's a different tournament than the one from before and it's different from the BBM. So you can draft him independently of the teams who have him in the 11th. So everyone's just taking him now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I pretty much every, every time I go into a puppy draft, I star Daryl Henderson. So I don't forget to take him. So I just, cause I yeah. just want to take him. I want to take him in the fourth round every time. So I, I get my draft slot. I star Daryl Henderson and I just get ready to take him. I stopped doing that because I, I'll always get like a call or something and then be like, <laughs> no Henderson one in the second. I Come got, that happened to me the other day, Ryan Tannehill in the seventh. I had the AJ Brown and I, st- I star my quarterback. So I, if I, you know, cause I have multiple drafts yeah. going at a time and I need to know who to grab. And I, I got auto picks Tannehill, like pick 77. Uh, Kitchen, no one's going to believe you when we see your 36% Racy McMath exposure. You say, I just always got a call, but he was at the top of my queue. Like, legit, like, even the last draft I just did, I just auto-drafted the last three rounds. Like, that's not – I'm the I'm the donator in the leagues. Like, that's that's me. That's but why we, they you can't spell uh, Soccer Dave without EV. Without EV. <laughs> All right, uh, Gretch, go ahead and tell us all about um, your projects that you're working on. You already mentioned the, the podcast, but uh, what? how many podcasts are you on right now? Two, Stealing Bananas one and Ship Chasing with Pat and Pete on Wednesday nights. Um, the one with Sean is a few episodes, usually three episodes a week. We've been doing some bonus episodes. We did a draft with Davis. It became four episodes, I think. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of content there. And then the newsletter, bengresh.substack.com premium newsletter. You have to pay to read the newsletter, which kitchen mentioned earlier in the show is, uh, it, I, I will say this is the only newsletter that I pay for. And it is, so it's well also the only newsletter I pay for. And I would never, I would, I would, I would literally only ever pay for Ben Gretsch's newsletter. It is well sure. worth, uh, well worth the money. So, um, Good job there. Um, I will say though, now that Peter, now that we know how much that he got off of that punk, have him buy you like a nice microphone. Are you are you maxing the big dog now, Pete? Do I sound bad? No, you don't sound bad, but like you need like a professional mic. I got this guy. Why aren't you using it? It's it's on. I'm talking. Am I not talking into it? No, I, I haven't done a Zoom sounds, in a while. He sounds fine. Kitchen no. is like this the is Yeti just what Kitchen is does. He fi- he just finds something. I'm talking into the Yeti. Okay, well that's better. Yeah, it's Kitchen just finds something to nag everyone about. It's just like what he does. I love the audio files. I mean, is that what an audio file is? 
Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't mean something else. Yeah. Not, not. Anytime you know. add file to the end of it, you're like, I hope. It might be, it could be anything, really. <laughs> uh, Peter, you answer Davis's question. Has your, has your fantasy teams that you're registering for this year changed by the sale of your punk last week? Uh, no, because I'm, I'm not converting that into Ethereum or into cash and then having another taxable event. A real so, bull, a real bull. Are you just keeping it in ETH? Let it ride, baby. Are we, are we going to hit 10K by uh, Dude, literally by he, sells it, he sells it in ETH and ETH pumps 15% in a week, dude. You absolutely love to see it. What, you thought I was going to do the people and just dump all my ETH? No, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, honestly, uh, hashtag not financial advice. I mean, you could really be left with a heavy tax bill if ETH were to crater. So I, I understand the risks there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why I've never sold. It's definitely not because it's a complicated process and I'm a little bit scared of the tax implications. It's definitely things I've thought more out and like ideological <laughs> stances I have. Okay. That's I was actually thinking why. about this, Davis. Have you converted? Like not sold, but have you converted Bitcoin to ETH or any sort of? That's literally insulting that you would say that to me. Oh of course my I haven't. gosh. Oh, what a maxi. Why? Right. No, that would be opting into the crooked system, dude. I turned fiat into currency. Yeah, but okay. All right. Uh, you, you like your Bitcoin. You're a maxi. I like my, I like my boomer. The coin, fact dude. that you I have like... not converted any Bitcoin to ETH means that you're a maxi though. Like you understand that though. No, that's literally not how it works, dude. Yes, it is. I bet that I have, you, I like... actually, I know for a fact I have more ETH than you. So it's just like, what <laughs> I want, like, why would you tell me that I'm the maxi when I believe in ETH more than you do? No, that's not true. How much, how much ETH do you have right now? You got them all wrapped up in crypto. <laughs> how much ETH? Dick. No, Davis, Davis, how much ETH has more than both of you combined? Yeah, so. Davis, how yeah. much ETH do you have right now? It's not about, I wasn't making a No, Davis, you just said you bet rich. you have more than me right now. How much I do you would have? Never, I would never say that on a publicly recorded show, ever. I, we could talk about it offline. Like, But I, I assume all of yours is in crypto dick butts. <laughs> <laughs> like your ETH on OpenSea, we need to wrap this conversation up. Oh, oh, that was good. Thank that you. Was All right. Good. Yeah. Little crypto so joke there at the, the end wrap, of the, the, the rap swole cast. Um, <laughs> rap swole cast can... token coming soon. That's Kitchen's <laughs> uh, business thanks... idea. <laughs> I thought I was going to get Davis to uh, to give his ETH amount on, on no. air. What am I dumb, dude? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you just comment on other people's uh, financials. It okay, was not so, about your financials. It's about you. No, I'm talking about like the working class, Davis, uh, our, our working oh my class God, guys. This guy. This okay. Guy. All right. That will do it. Special thanks to Davis, to Peter, to Gratch for being on this show. We'll see you next week. Uh, we might have Tuttle on the show next week. It's been a while. See, it seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might just cash out. Peace out all together. But anyways, we'll see y'all next week. Later.